0: When will Jesus return? To answer this question, let's think about three things. We as human beings have a tendency to think that things are getting worse. I'd also like to think about how Jesus did not know when he would return, and finally, we should prepare rather than despair. We as human beings tend to think that things are getting worse. Alistair McGrath in his book Mere Apologetics observed. Every generation believes it stands at a critical point in history. Augustine of Hippo, writing in the early 5th century, remarked on how many people of his time longed for the good old days when Christianity was given support and security by the Roman Empire. Bernard of Clairvaux, writing 700 years later, wrote of the sense of nostalgia many then felt for the time of Augustine and many 16th century writers commented on how much they longed to have lived at the time of Bernard of Clairvaux. We tend to think things are worse than they ever have been, that days of old were better, and that our present moment is a consequential turning point in human history. Solomon talks about this tendency. and For that reason, he advised, Do not say why were the former days better than these. For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Ecclesiastes 7.10 Because of this human tendency, Christians are prone to think we are always on the cusp of the world's end. Jesus in Luke chapter 21 verses 25 and 26 says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the power of the heavens will be shaken. It seems every generation of Christians reads these words and thinks, well, this is the time I'm living through. Now, the 21st chapter of Luke can be interpreted a couple of different ways. Some of what Jesus predicts has to do with the Roman Empire destroying Jerusalem 40 years hence in 70 A.D. But other predictions point to what conditions will be like prior to the Lord's return. Regardless of which position you take, one thing is certain. There are tumultuous times in human history when it feels like the world is coming apart at the seams and the end is nigh. But again, this is by no means a phenomenon unique to the Christian experience. In the early 4th century, the Roman Emperor Constantine changed the course of European history in the space of a few short years. Constantine claimed to have had a vision of the cross accompanied by a disembodied command in this sign, conquer. From this point forward, he systematically and dramatically shifted the religion of Rome from pagan to Christian. Within a generation, all levels of government were changed, power was restructured, civil law was redefined, the capital was moved. It was a monumental transformation. The effect on the empire was profound. In the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, Edward Gibbon writes, The ruin of the pagan religion is described by the Sophists as a dreadful and amazing prodigy which covered the earth with darkness and restored the ancient dominion of chaos and of night. For many Romans who had resisted the call of Christianity, it felt like their world was coming apart at the seams, and all that awaited was darkness and misery. Because we are naturally prone to this sort of thinking, People of faith have often thought the return of Jesus was imminent. 1,800 years ago, Lactantius, writing sometime between 304 to 313 AD, predicted, I have already shown above that when 6,000 years are completed, this change must take place. So the last day of the extreme conclusion is now drawing near. All expectation does not exceed the limit of 200 years before the completion of the 6,000 years. The subject itself declares that the fall and ruin of the world will shortly take place. 1,800 years ago, this Roman writer was predicting that the world was soon going to come to an end, that the Bible had predicted it this way. Bishop Hugh Latimer, one of the most renowned 16th century preachers of England, said in 1552, We know by Scripture, and all learned men affirm the same, that the world was meant to endure six thousand years. Now of the six thousand be passed, already five thousand five hundred and fifty two. And yet this time which is left shall be shortened for the elect's sake, as Christ himself witnesseth. Two men, whose writings were separated by more than twelve hundred years, Both believe the world was destined to survive for 6,000 years, that the time was nearly elapsed, and that the return of Christ was imminent. Here's the point. People of faith of every generation fall prey to the same human tendency, the human tendency of believing we stand at the precipice of the end, that things are worse now than they ever have been, and that Christ will soon appear to take us home. But it's crucial for us to bear in mind that Jesus himself did not know when he would return. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, Jesus predicts, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Based on the context, the day and hour to which Jesus refers is when heaven and earth will pass away, verse 35. This is a shocking revelation. Jesus, the one who will return to claim his own, does not know when that day will be. Only the Heavenly Father knows when Jesus will return. To help us better understand, Jesus draws three comparisons. He says the days preceding his return will be like the days before the flood. The world was going about its business as usual, Till the first drops of rain started to fall and Noah entered the ark. He also compares his return to a thief breaking into a house. No one knows when they will be robbed, otherwise they would take precautions. Jesus says he will also come at an hour you do not expect. The third comparison Jesus draws is in Luke 17, verse 28. The days prior to his return will be like Sodom and Gomorrah where they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built when suddenly it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Jesus says nearly everyone in the world will be surprised when he returns. Peter echoes Jesus' teaching in the third chapter of his second epistle. The apostle predicts that scoffers and mockers will wonder, where is the return of Jesus? The world is moving along as it always has. Why should we believe he will return? Peter advises us to take heart. We should not think that God has changed his mind or has forgotten his promise. Rather, he is delaying the return of Christ in order to allow as many people as possible to repent. Jesus' prediction remains intact. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. 2 Peter 3.10 No one knows when Jesus will return, and consequently when the world will end. Therefore we should prepare... And not despair. In Matthew 25, 1, Jesus compares his return to ten virgins awaiting the arrival of the bridegroom. Under Jewish betrothal customs, the bride and groom would spend a year apart preparing for marriage. At the close of the year, the bride knew her groom would return, but she did not know when. The groom was customarily told by his father when he should go claim his bride. So the bride and her bridal party, the ten virgins, would wait, prepared to leave at a moment's notice. And it was customary for the groom to return at night to claim his bride. Thus the bridal party would have lamps on hand to light their way as they journeyed to the marriage ceremony. In the parable, five virgins do not have oil for their lamps. So when the bridegroom appears, they are unprepared to accompany the bride to the marriage ceremony. And because they were unprepared, they were not permitted to enter the marriage ceremony once they had obtained oil for their lamps. The lesson is simple. We do not know when Jesus, the bridegroom, will return. So we should make sure our lives are ready for His return. Peter recapitulates this message. After warning us that the Lord's return will be like a thief in the night, He exhorts us. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. 2 Peter 3, 11 and 12. Peter says we know how this story ends, and that knowledge should provoke us to better living, to holy conduct and godliness. This is especially important given that we do not know when Jesus will return. We may have premonitions, we may think we see signs pointing to the end, but we do not know the day and hour. Therefore, beloved, Peter concludes, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. 2 Peter 3.14 Don't despair by what you see around you, Prepare. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Fill your life with righteous activity. Be the servant who the Lord finds working when he returns. Be diligent to be found by him spotless and blameless, so that when he returns, he will welcome us into his kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, Please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will.